The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Today, we start Vampire Week. <laughs> with the story of a blood mobile being pursued down a dark, lonely road. And then we travel to Los Angeles to visit the famed, luxurious Alexandria Hotel. Well, it was luxurious back in the 20s, but today it's full of crackheads, cockroaches, and ghosts. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. It's marathon day for me. I'm recording all five episodes today and editing them tomorrow so the rest of the week I can just work and do play practice. Work and play practice. From 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. I will be out doing something. It's going to be absolute hell, but I want to get all these episodes out for you guys. I got a Patreon to thank. I got Alexandra Watts. Thank you for joining the Patreon. She actually submitted the guy trash story about the big black dog in England. She's in England, jolly old England over there. G'day, mate. And... She, um, the other story she had was the one about the crazy British couple who was thought people were trapped in their cellar or in their sub-basement or something like that. So thank you very much for joining the Patreon. We have Vampire Week going on. It's a brand new thing. <laughs> Just came up with it. And the impetus for it was, one, I having a theme makes it easier to research stuff. And I got a series of emails from Mason Nordbeck, who's also a Patreon of mine. Thanks for supporting the show. He just sent me like maybe 10 different stories involving werewolves and vampires in the news. And I said, this is perfect. So thank you, Mason. You pretty much provided the structure for this. But not every story we're going to cover this week is from Mason. Some of them I stumbled across on my own. But let's go ahead and get started with Spooky, Spooky Vampire Week. We're going to start off Vampire Week with a little bloodmobile incident. Ooh, sounds sinister. Bloodmobile. Why don't why do they call them blood mobile? That has to be a slang term. I don't think the Red Cross is like, hey, do you have the keys through the blood mobile? I don't think that's the official name. But anyways, blood mobile. I also should note, like I said, I'm recording all these episodes in one day. I wonder if my sanity is going to decrease with each episode. Is sweat stripping off my body? Okay. 1967. Let's go back to the year 1967. Hop into Jason Jalopy, because this is a road story. Around the road. 1967, we're in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Now, people who know Point Pleasant know it, at, unless you live there, and then I'm sure it's a lovely place, but most people know Point Pleasant as the home of the Mothman, that creature, fictional, that flies around with moth wings or something. I, you know what? To be fair, I don't have a great opinion of the Mothman story because, one, I think it's kind of lame. A bunch of, like, a big old dude's flying around and then a bridge collapses. The end. And apparently, if you see the Mothman, it's bad luck or something like that. Like, I think the story itself is kind of lame. Like, no one gets eaten. Uh, There's no, like, laser beams. So now you see my threshold. Now you know why all my alien stories involve aliens getting chased with chainsaws. I read so many stories where it's just like a bright light in the sky. I'm like, that's boring. Alien in the woods, that's boring. 
Mothman just flies around, a bridge collapses, the end. Then he's like, was Mothman spotted at 9-11? No, because he doesn't exist. That's my personal opinion. It's one of those things that I'm... Okay, but to be fair, too, I went and saw the Mothman Chronicles, that movie with Richard Gere, and I didn't like that. So maybe that's why I don't like the Mothman much. I don't know. I just don't think he's a compelling cryptid. Bigfoot at least has, like, killed people. Mothman just flies around. Big old moth wings. Maybe he doesn't have moth wings. I don't know. But anyways, I'm already losing my sanity. Point Pleasant, West Virginia. It's 1967. It's March 5th. It's a cold spring night. And you have a guy, which this this is his real name, apparently. His name's Bo Scherzer. I guess that's not too funny. I guess, I guess it just looks funnier than it sounds. So Bo Scherzer is driving down the road with a what's described as a young nurse. Ooh, sexy young nurse in a bloodmobile. Bo is driving this car with this uh, gorgeous young nurse in 1967. So her hair is all up in a bun. She does cross tops all the time. I love this sentence. This sentence... I was reading an excerpt from a book on this story. This is the sentence. Bo Scherzer, 21, and a young nurse had been out all day collecting human blood. Like it's a normal thing. I guess if it's a blood mo- They make it sound like they're just picking it up off the street. A garbage man collects garbage. You don't collect blood. They're collecting human blood. You gotta catch them all, right? So they have a they have 152 bags of blood in the back of their blood mobile. Satisfied. Team Rocket's like, we'll get you next time. Bloodmobile's driving away. It's nighttime. It's March 5th. This is going to be a long five episodes. I can't even stay on topic with this one. This blowmobile is driving down the road at night. And it's a deserted stretch of road. And it's like forested around. And they're driving and they see a hill off in the distance. And it has like a little forest on top of the hill. And they see a bright light like kind of like throbbing in the woods. Right? (laughs) I'm not going to make a sex joke. It's throbbing out in the woods. And then it goes and kind of lifts and ejaculates out of the top of the woods. This white light kind of lifts up out of the woods and they're freaking out now. Like he's looking at it and the young hot nurse is like, what is it? That's our actual quote. I think her actual cat, her actual quote was, oh my God, what is it? It's original. Who's writing this script? The little ship goes and then it flies over the blood mobile. Like in a heartbeat, it goes from the hillside Oh, it, over to the bloodmobile. That, that's weird enough. That's weird enough. So you're driving your bloodmobile. You got your nurse next to you. She doesn't have a name either. I'm not just I'm omitting her name. She doesn't have a name in the story. So if I refer to her as hot nurse, that's why. Drive, she might have been Mer- Nurse Ratchet for all I know. They're driving down the road. This UFO is now hovering over the bloodmobile. And then you're like, okay, classic UFO story. It's going to make the car stop. They wake up 20 minutes later, four hours have passed. No, this UFO. So he's slamming on the gas. Go, 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 go. And the UFO is keeping pace with it. Of course, it's an interstellar object. It's not, it can go 85 miles an hour. But at that point, two large metal pinchers like go and start lowering out of the top of the UFO. And it's getting red, like one on each side of the bloodmobile. So... Bo thinks, and it's a pretty, pretty accurate, I think any normal person would think this, that the UFO is trying to pinch the bloodmobile to, like, grasp onto it like one of those claws at a toy stuffed animal stupid machine you see at Walmart. It's going to pick it up and take it, fly away with it, whatever. This thing is going to pinch the bloodmobile and steal it. So he's like, ah, I'm sure he was a little more panicked than that. And it, the thing was about to pinch down. They're getting closer. 
and a car appears from the other direction, and Bo sees it, and the car sees him, and the UFO goes, oh, no, and he flies away. UFO flies away. So that story was reported in a book by John Keel, author of the Mothman Prophecies. So he was kind of just, the author was really into, he, he's most famous for the Mothman Prophecies, but he was really into high strangeness of all sorts. And he had the story in one of his books, it might have actually been the Mothman Prophecies, but he's talking about the story and people have come to say, ooh, is that Mothman? It's not Mothman, obviously. Mothman doesn't have giant pinchers. It started to be retconned that it wasn't metal pinchers, it was Mothman's arms. Like, I really hate Mothman. I really, really dislike that urban legend or whatever it is, that made-up fable. But anyways, John Keel, to his credit, because again, I'm not bashing John Keel. I just think it's stupid. His Mothman stuff's stupid. Everything else is fine. But he said he started calling around the American Red Cross saying, have you guys ever had any bloodmobiles go missing on the road? And he said that they acted like he was a lunatic, you know, which to be fair, that is something a lunatic would say. So it's funny because I, I stumbled across this story because I was looking into alien vampire connection. And there's actually a lot, but we're going to touch on some later in the week. And we touched on one in the past, which was Operation Plate. That big episode I did, like it was episode 60 or 70, about an entire town of Brazil that was being attacked by the Chupa Chupas, or the Suck Sucks. These UFOs would appear in the night and then suck the blood out of people. And so we did that. We did that episode. But I wanted to find something new. And this came across. And it's a super underreported story. Are aliens trying to get human blood? You you figure there would be easier ways to do it, and this type of story has never been repeated. However, the reason why John Keel was calling the American Red Cross, because his question was, which is always a good question, maybe we're only hearing about this one because they got away. Are there other, is there a, like, UFO junkyard that's just a bunch of blood mobiles and a bunch of skeletons of hunky young lab assistants and hot nurses in, in the vans rotting away? Who knows? Who knows? Let's move on to our next story. I have no way. I, I don't really have another way to end that. I, I, I do think it's a fascinating story, though. I do like it. We need more UFO stories where UFOs are attacking people. I'm tired of just seeing lights in the sky. Pinchers are pretty cool, too. Well, actually, now that I think about it, I'm sure they have better technology than the technology you have at a Walmart vending machine. Whenever they want to get one of their ships out, they have to put a quarter in and it comes out in a big old plastic ball and they pop it open, get in the ship and fly away. Okay, let's move on to our next story. Now, our next story starts off with a little prologue. There is a hotel in Alexandria, Virginia called the Relax Inn. Oh, that's so sweet. Just relax in. Don't go outside. There's a review on TripAdvisor, one of my favorite websites I've referred to multiple times over the course of this show. From September 13th, 2016. I'm going to read you this. This is, as far as I know, this is real. Okay? I'm going to read you this in full, and then this is a prologue for the story we're going to go into. This is the review. For the relaxing title of the review, Where My Sister Committed Suicide. Review of Relaxin. Reviewed September 13th, 2016. Here's the actual, here's the review. I, 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 okay, here's the review. For real. That's how it starts off. I'm not, I'm not saying that. For real. Motel staff cleaned up the room very well. There was no <laughs> There was no blood. She put a plastic bag over her head with a tube to a helium tank. Fairfax County Police found her. 
And then, <laughs> I had to read this. This next part, I didn't get. I had to reread it a couple of times. So let me let me start this part over. Fairfax, Fairfax County Police found her. No, she was not floating around the room, but I think she was all blue. And I thought, why? What? What? She's not floating around the room. She was not found floating around. What is going on? And then I realized that his sister killed her. And then I realized his sister killed herself with a helium tank. So I'm sure that multiple people, as he told this story, said, was she floating? And he had to preempt that. Because, uh, unfortunately, that is a common new quote-unquote painless way to kill yourself. Apparently, if you get the mixture right, you fall asleep. If you get it wrong, your brain leaks, and it's incredibly painful. So, don't do it. Don't commit suicide anyways, but it's actually... People have billed it as being, like, super painless. Super painful, actually. Because your brain explodes. But, oh, and he also rated... (laughs) He rated the trip so... So, anyways, he goes on with his review. <laughs> he, re- he puts travel type, travel solo. Well, generally, when you commit suicide, you're by I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then he puts... <laughs> okay, so at this point, you're thinking, Jason, you're just being cruel. I kind of think this is a joke. I can't be for sure, but... This is why I think it's a joke. It then allows you to rate special parts of it. He gave a four to service because, you know, they cleaned up the blood. There was no blood. They they knocked her floating body off the ceiling. Uh, He gave a four for cleanliness. And he gave gave a five for sleep quality. Because she's dead. And she's sleeping forever. This actually plays a part in our next story. Now... We're going to talk about the Alexandria Hotel. You like that tone change there? We're going to talk about the Alexandria Hotel in Los Angeles. Now, this is actually a recommendation from a friend of mine named Dan. He was the producer on that short film I've talked about, Bulldog Skin. The Last night I went out with Dan and Ash. She was the director. And Carson, who was the cinematographer. But anyway, so... He was telling me that he used to live in the Alexandria Hotel in Los Angeles. And it is right next to the Cecil Hotel, which conspiracy theorists know all about because that's the hotel that was involved in the Black Dahlia murders and the Eliza Lamb case where the young woman had a mental condition, went up onto the roof and jumped into a water tank and then died and then she rotted in the water tank and for about two weeks people, black water was coming out of their drain, out of their faucets and people were like, ah, you know, water's water and they're drinking it. They're drinking this decaying woman. Now those are really, and Black Dahlia was a woman who got chopped up. So those are both really big like, too long, didn't watch versions of of the, both of those stories. And both of those stories are things that I most likely will never cover on this show. Black Dolly is one of the most notable true crime stories of all time, really. Uh, probably in the top ten, at least in America. And then Eliza Lamb is a, as far as I'm concerned, completely debunked cons- conspiracy theory. She, It's totally plausible for her to have gotten in the roof by herself. I don't think there was ghosts or anything involved in that. I think she was just mentally disturbed. So... Alexandria Hotel. Now, so thank you, Dan, for the recommendation. He told me, he said that he hadn't personally seen ghosts, but he goes, here's the thing. You walk into the hotel, and he'd lived there for a while, and he goes, every, he goes near, I don't want to misquote him, because I know him personally. He'll be like, I didn't say that. He goes, almost every tenant in that building had a ghost story. You'd be walking in the hallway, you'd see someone, and they'd be like, hey, Dan, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good. 
I saw a phantom last night. You're like, huh? Telling everyone's telling spooky ghost stories in the lobby, and then they have to go upstairs to their quiet room. And he said the security guards said that they would be looking at the security cameras, and they would see chairs move in the lobby. Because the the story of the Alexandria Hotel, and I'm going to just do another brief overview of it. It has this grand history, but it was built in like 1906. It was a super luxurious hotel. You had presidents stay there and super famous people. Uh, Rudolph Valentino was there. Good old Rudy. And Charlie Chaplin used to hang out there. Uh, Mary Pickford. All that stuff. Famous people. Long, long time ago. And they had one whole section of the... Some guy built an annex onto the hotel and started charging less rent. So the owner of the hotel like walled it up. So there's an entire wing of the hotel. It's an apartment complex now. There was an entire wing of the hotel that hadn't been touched for like 50 years. Like it was just walled up. I was like, that's fascinating. I'm going to go home and do some more research on this stuff. And then he goes, wait, Jason, he grabs my, he grabs my arm before I get up to go to leave from the table. He's like, hold on, stop. I haven't told you everything yet. I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, sit back down. As I sit back down. That none of that, none of that happened. But he said the place was also super disgusting littered with bed bugs. I've never seen a bed bug before. He goes, yeah, you could see them crawl across the beds and you, they would spray one floor and then they would go down to the next floor and spray that floor and the bugs would just go to different floors that had already, like, hadn't been sprayed yet. They would just move them down. Eventually, he said he was going to leave and he was in the basement. He was, like, in the bottom garage area. There was a bed bug. There's no beds anywhere. There's just a bed bug in the elevator, taking the elevator down. Looking for some place to go. That was his last day there. Now, he had had some interesting stories, not necessarily paranormal, but his window opened up into a window across the alleyway where there was another building, and there would be a half-naked guy just staring at him while he was, you know, chopping vegetables, hanging out with his friends. One night, he forgot to shut his door, and he woke up, his phone and his wallet were gone. Now, that is just, he's in L.A. Oh, I guess I should say this let me, I forgot, I went off the history thing. So the hotel used to have all these famous people in there. But as LA expanded, West Hollywood started getting more and more poverty stricken because all the money was going to other parts as the city was growing. So now it's a hellhole. Like now there's just thousands of homeless people there. And when I say there, I mean like in the building. So the the, the idea of the Alexandria Hotel has two basic elements to it. And I'm going to tie it together in the end. The place is infested today with bedbugs, like uh, Dan was saying, and cockroaches. They run in herds in this building. <laughs> They're doing maneuvers. They make a giant fist. They open your door. They steal your wallet and your phone. Now, the homeless people have invaded the building. So you have the people paying the rent. And then you would walk out of your door and there'd be a homeless guy just laying in your hallway. There was one guy who got on an elevator and it was got crowded, and there was a guy in a wheelchair in the middle of it, and then he pulled a knife out and started, like, slashing at people in the elevator, which sounds like a horror movie, really, because what are you going to do? You're just going to press up against the side of the elevator and put one foot to the wheel of his wheelchair, and hopefully he can't get you. The elevator's haunted, by the way, too. They say the elevator stops at floors that there's no button press, and the door will open up like someone's walking out. I know I'm going back and forth between... The bed bugs and the ghosts, but I, I do think they're connected in a way. The fire alarm goes off in the middle of the night, which would be terrifying the first four times it happened, but apparently it's some sort of malfunction. 
And I think that's where you start to see the connection. Is there stuff going on in the hotel that is the result of shoddy management, not taking care of stuff? Are there a bunch of homeless people walking around in this building because they're attracted by the horrible evil of the building? Or <laughs> they're just really bad security? And again, to state how crummy this building is, this was the apartment building used as the serial killer's apartment building from Seven. It's that gross that David Fincher said, ooh, I don't even need to do set dressing on this place. So here's two different reviews highlighting the two big problems with Alexandria Hotel. And I honestly don't know which one's funnier. First one is from a guy named Andre P. And I'm going to skip a bunch of stuff because it's just boring relationship stuff. But anyways, so here's the experiences from Andre at the Alexandria Hotel. I felt breathing behind me when I would walk through the hallways. My cell phone calls would get interrupted with demonic whispers and screams. I bet you that he uses Sprint, and it's just really bad cell phone service. I'd see dark shadows. A good night's sleep was out of the question because I constantly felt I was being watched. The shower would turn on by itself and lightly stream at 3 a.m. every morning. And he goes on to say that he talked to his neighbors and they said, yeah, we have weird stuff there too. And then he goes, he ends his review saying, I heard everything between people and dogs committing suicide and Charlie Chaplin's ghost. Gave the place two stars, by the way. Causes people and canines to kill themselves. Demonic groans interrupt your phone call, two stars. It's not the worst place he's ever stayed. And then we have this review. I This is good. This may be the best review I've ever read on any website ever. I have a deaf neighbor who is a prostitute who... Sells drugs at late hours. <clears throat> Since many of her customers are <laughs> Since many of her customers are deaf, they're deaf as well, they bang on the door so loud <laughs> that it shakes the walls at 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. in the morning. Now, from what I understand, the walls are super flimsy. The floors are concrete with giant cracks in them from multiple earthquakes and cockroaches crawl out of your floor all the time. You have, and that, to be fair, let's go back to that review. That's a specialized drug dealer. She's a deaf drug dealer who's also a prostitute who primarily sells drugs to other deaf people. I mean, that, that is a specialized drug dealer. I wonder if she like charges them more because who else can like do, do drug deals in sign language? This is probably my least sensitive episode. But no, that's being an entrepreneur. If I was deaf, I would specialize in selling drugs, selling heroin to a deaf person. Like, that's really good. You can either be stuck. If you pick number two, you're stuck in a room with Charlie Chaplin's ghost and the ghost of a guy who committed suicide. If you pick number one, you live next door to a deaf prostitute who sells drugs to deaf people. So why are you rambling about all this stuff, Jason? Well, I came across, I came up with an interesting theory regarding this. I actually was headed on one path, and it's something I've talked about before, that it dark places tend to attract dark people. So if you have a, and what's interesting is I've read several reviews, several notes and stuff like that about suicides and murders at the hotel. I couldn't find articles pertaining to that. So it makes me think of one of two things. One, it's an urban legend and not a lot of people die there. Or two, it happens so often, it's not noteworthy. Suicides rarely make the newspaper unless it's something super bizarre. 
But murders tend to. But in L.A., in a hotel, in a bad side of town, people really might not be thinking about that. Oh, I should say this, too. This would be why no journalist would go there. The bed bugs are so bad, the post service doesn't deliver mail to the building, according to multiple reviews. Because the bed bugs will hop in their mail bag and they deliver them to other parts of the city. So they don't deliver mail there. UPS won't deliver mail there either. The place has been described as smelling between rotting flesh or this is again a great i don't know what this would smell like but someone said the hallways smell like a mixture of body odor and boiled chicken so it's not a play it's only it's only like six hundred dollars a month though if you're in la is it the fact that this place does have a lot of suicides a lot of murders that have just kind of been lost time it's an old hotel that's in a bad side of town that's mainly populated by a mixture of elderly people and young people who are just getting started in L.A. and elderly people who are dying in L.A. And do they just kind of infuse it with this emotional energy? The young people are just struggling and the old people are just r- ready to go. Like They're like, oh man, I can't believe I ended up in the Alexandria. So you're cooking boiled chicken. And that's possible. That's possible. The place could just be like a magnet for this stuff. But I actually came up with another thing. As I was reading all this stuff, I thought about it. And I go, hmm. What would be the effects on the human psyche in a building infested with insects? Like, think about that for a second. We, as species, we're the master of our domain. I can go and I can open a window. The place gets cooler. I can turn on a fan and the place gets cooler. I'm sweating so much right now. But when you have an insect infestation, you're, you're really not. Like, you try, you've already tried all these different ways to, like, kill the bugs. They keep coming. And you already feel a little powerless because you're just renting one of all of these rooms. It's not like you can really take care of the pest problem because your neighbor has the pests to it and stuff like that. So what is the effect on the human psyche in a building that is completely infested with cockroaches and bedbugs? Would that actually break you down to the point where you're more susceptible to, like, just losing control? You're like, if, if I wake up covered in bed bug bites one more time, I'm murdering someone. But then I thought, hmm, hmm, what if there's an even more rational explanation for this? So there's a thing called infrasound at 18.9 hertz. That is, the, you can't hear it, but that is the frequency that your eyeballs are attuned to. So basically, like, there's that thing that if, if a note is played at the right frequency, other things in the room can resonate to it. That's why if I hit a key on a piano, it can actually make the piano string resonate on the other piano in the same room because it's tuned to the same frequency or something like that. I, don't know. I just read that in an article, but 18.9 hertz is the same frequency your eyeball vibrates at. So when you hear that tone... It's making your eyeball jiggle, and it makes you see things that aren't there. It makes you feel a sense of dread. It makes you terrified. And um, it makes you see things. And scientists have kind of played around with it, and they think that when people see ghosts, that may be like a, a busted fan. And you don't hear it, but it's putting out that frequency. Tigers roar. Part of their roar is um, 18.9 hertz, which just terrifies you. What if, and one of the causes of that is a particular type of earthquake as well in this building, is in LA and it has been affected by several earthquakes, but what if the sound of all those insects all night long, 
and you're not necessarily hearing it, but the sound is there. When they get close enough, you'll hear the marching. But if we're talking thousands of cockroaches and thousands of bedbugs infesting a building, constantly scurrying about, they are making noise. You just can't hear it. Now, that noise isn't at 18.9 hertz, but the only reason why we know that is an accidental discovery in a quote-unquote haunted laboratory. A guy thought he saw something out of the corner of his eye. He believed in ghosts. He was a ghost hunter. He realized that a fan or a piece of equipment was malfunctioning. He repaired it, and all of a sudden, he felt totally fine. And he goes, oh, I'm going to do some experiments, and was able to figure that out. What if there is another sound of a higher frequency range that drives you mad? You can maybe full-on hallucinate, look at a security monitor, and see a chair move across the ballroom. Or you could just it could just drive you crazy. You think you're sitting in a quiet room, but you're really hearing all the time. The place, if, if there are such a thing as ghosts, that place almost seems like it would be a magnet for them. It's in a totally depressed part of town, full of totally depressed people. And you got drugs, you got crime, you got boiled chicken. You got everything you could need for a ghost stew. But even if ghosts don't exist, I think it would be the perfect place to think they did. It seems like the type of place that would drive you mad. When I was researching this, I found far more horror stories about crime and crack addicts, people getting their apartments broken into, than anything about Charlie Chaplin's ghost. When people were saying stay away from the hotel, they weren't saying stay away from the hotel, Annabelle might get you. They were saying stay away from the hotel, you may get stabbed to death by a crack addict. It's funny because it's very rare that happy places are considered haunted. Churches are considered holy. You go out to nature to be one with nature. Hauntings are something we ascribe to bad places. Assuming there's just not the one-off, I feel like my grandma's still in my house, I can smell her cologne. (laughs) Not cologne, I can smell her cooking every once in a while. Maybe her cologne, I don't know. But if you have a place that's full of negativity that's attracting negative people, that's bringing in people at the start of their long struggle through life or at the end of their journey, and you infest that place with bugs that have plagued humanity since the beginning, that would be the perfect spot for a ghost. And not only a ghost, but demons. Because if you wanted to wallow in human suffering, what better place to go than the Alexandria Hotel in Los Angeles, California? One star, sleep quality zero. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Deadrabbitradio.